0: They had what he called the spaghetti ball. They took all of the different services uh, for ordering a car, for tracking a car, and it was bundled into this big ball. And when part of it crashed, the whole thing would go down. It was very hard to move quickly. They made a whole bunch of technical and honestly legal and cultural decisions that really enabled them to move quickly. Sort of just like when when you owe personal debt, You've got to keep an eye on how much trouble you're in and look for signs in the case of organizations that say it's harder and harder to get things done, your best people are frustrated and leaving, your system's going down all the time.
1: I'm Paul Michaelman, and this is MIT Sloan Management Review's Three Big Points. Each week we take on one topic that leaders need to be on top of right now and leave you with three takeaways for you and your organization. We love data, we love innovation, the world changers, the mind blowers. We love ideas, impossible ideas,
0: big, impossible, crazy as a loon
1: ideas. We love falling down and getting back up and accepting our mistakes and moving on. We love it all, with love, Cloudera. Just as Jacob Marley was bound to drag the weight of his sins for an eternity, so too are organizations burdened by the weight of their debts. And we're not just talking about the financial kind. There are other forms of debt that companies take on, and they can carry a weight as heavy as the greatest financial liabilities. Two of the most nefarious forms are technical and cultural debt which accrue as a byproduct of the decisions and investments companies make along their growth journeys. Stanford's Bob Sutton explains.
0: Actually, both stem from the same problem, which is a kind of impatience and a tendency to take shortcuts so you can get things done now that eventually come back to bite you. The technical debt, it tends to be things like uh, using systems that are only going to be good for a while or, say, buying um, a server that will only get you to 100 clients when you know you have 500 coming on board. Organizational or cultural debt is similar in that you're taking shortcuts, but it's having an effect on your culture, on your organizational structure in such a way that it damages trust, morale, communication. So one of the classic things that people do, they will hire people so fast and won't take time to train them to throw uh, bodies at a problem.
1: Sutton studied the way companies, both large and small, accrue technical and cultural debt. This phenomenon is clearly at work in legacy organizations that have deeply embedded systems.
0: The number of organizations that we all have patronized that have old, creaky systems Uh, I would point to the Internal Revenue Service, as I understand it, that need to upgrade so that people can move fast and and be more efficient and everybody suffers as a result or in the commercial real estate space. And the way that most of the building deals are done to buy large commercial real estate, it's kind of -of state-of-the-art 1970 with faxes.
1: But it's an even bigger issue at newer, seemingly more nimble organizations that take risks in order to scale. The poster child, Uber. Sure, we know the ride-hailing service burned through nearly $2 billion in cash last year, but that hardly accounts for the totality of the company's debts.
0: They made a whole bunch of technical and, honestly, legal and cultural decisions that really enabled them to move quickly, and they spent 2017, 2018 especially paying down the debt that they created by doing things that enabled them to move fast.
1: First, we'll take a closer look at the company's technical debts, which are probably more intuitive to most of our listeners. In a new case study about Uber that Sutton wrote with his Stanford colleague Huggy Rao, the author spent time with Thuan Pham, who took over as Uber CTO in 2013. Here, Sutton describes the technology-ness that Pham encountered and how he initially addressed it.
0: They had what he called the spaghetti ball. Essentially, they took All of the different services for ordering a car, for tracking a car, the software that the the drivers used and so on. And it was bundled into this big ball. And when part of it crashed, the whole thing would go down. It was very hard to move quickly. So they made a radical transition because of that technical debt, if you will. And they moved to what they called microservices, where by the time we got to 2017, 3,000 different sort of decentralized hunks of software that were designed and developed by various teams and then you had a different sort of technical debt that was leading to all sorts of coordination problems and all sorts of crashing and the system going down
1: these technical decisions made to help uber's business scale quickly had some unintended consequences
0: it was taking 50 percent longer to get things done than it, than it really should and the analogy he used which i really like was we had 3,000 speedboats going in 3,000 different directions. And he used the difference between speed and velocity, which was the speed of the average speedboat was really fast, but the velocity of the company was really low because those speedboats were all going in different directions. And it is one of those choices that they made so they could move fast that eventually came to bite them technically.
1: Meanwhile, Uber was quickly accruing another kind of debt, the cultural variety.
0: Travis, the founding CEO, he talked about this notion of always be hustling, this idea that we can do whatever we want in our team and, you know, sort of screw everybody. We're just going to push forward and make things happen. Well, um, as you need more coordination across the teams, that becomes a debt. And on top of that, another form of organizational debt that happened at Uber that they really worked on, they had remarkably little tenure. They kept hiring all these people who simply lacked the experience to be able to run teams and to think about the greater good.
1: Now the big question today, has Uber really been able to shed those debts and chart a more sustainable course for the organization?
0: Well, first of all, they've got a new CEO, uh, Daria, who, who has changed the culture quite a bit. And you know, some of the jokes we hear in Silicon Valley is now it's, it's move slow and build things. And they're also doing things to deal with the technical debt. So you think of all those zooming speedboats, they're putting in technical protocols that reduce, uh, that increase the ability of people to communicate with one another. They also, and this is a classic cure, or I guess treatment is better for decentralized organizations. They've built something they call it ARC, but they've built essentially interdisciplinary teams of people from all different parts of engineering. And their job is is essentially to go through and look for ways to create general understanding of the code base, to make it easier for people to communicate across teams, and for people also to understand the greater good that they're aiming towards.
1: But the process of recruiting and hiring also needed to be turned on its head. First came a bit of a hiring freeze on young engineers right out of school that lacked the right experience.
0: They really got into training, and they also changed their performance evaluation system, which was a stack ranking system that encouraged individualism and even dog-eat-dog sort of behavior, to one that de-emphasizes individualism and backstabbing and rewards people for cooperation. By the way, a lot of these changes are similar to changes that have been made at uh, Microsoft, Quite similar because Microsoft has moved from more of a backstabbing individualistic culture to a more collaborative culture under his leadership. So there is a precedent in a big, old, stable company that seems to be working there, too.
1: That's Bob Sutton, professor of management science and engineering at Stanford University, where he also co-directs the Designing Organizational Change Initiative. You can link to the full Uber case study via Bob's website, www.bobsutton.net. Okay, let's get to the takeaways. The three big points you need to remember about technical and cultural debt are... Number one. Some organizational and technical debt is not only a good thing, it's often required.
0: With proper precaution, it's sort of like taking a loan out on your house. Uh, Many of us would not be able to buy a house if we had not gone into debt and gotten a mortgage. Number two.
1: You need to be aware that you're accruing these debts and watch for the signs that it's getting to the point where you need to address them. Just
0: like when you owe personal debt, you've got to keep an eye on how much trouble you're in and look for signs in the case of organizations that say it's harder and harder to get things done, that your best people are frustrated and leaving, your system's going down all the time. Those are signs that you're in debt and you've got to do something about it to fix it.
1: And number three, there are times when a leader needs to create a situation, a burning platform, in order to mobilize people towards paying down the company's debts.
0: If you're heading towards a technical and organizational debt crisis, sometimes to mobilize action, to turn people's attention to the problem, that essentially declaring an emergency, having it a, a burning platform, and that's what we saw in the Uber case in 2017, when all the problems started arising.
1: That's this week's Three Big Points. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are streamed. We will be forever in your debt if you take a moment to rate our program or post a review on Apple Podcasts. Three Big Points is produced by Mary Dew, music by Matt Reed, marketing and audience development by Desiree Barry. Our coordinating producer is Mackenzie Wise. Three Big Points is made possible thanks to the generous support of Cloudera. Special thanks to Deborah Gallagher, Lauren Rosano, Jennifer Martin, Richard Marks, Michael Barrett, Jeanette Ramos, and Katrina Van Burkham for all they do to make this show possible.